I'd like to welcome everyone this morning, and if you are a guest today, we especially want to welcome you to this service today. If it is your first or your second time, we invite you to stop by our welcome area in the back. We have a small token of appreciation to give you for being here. Those of you that may be watching online today, we welcome you wherever you may be watching from and know that God is where you are just as much as He is where we are. Praise God. Amen. John chapter 1. to start with verse 1, familiar verses to many of you, I'm sure. I want to read a few verses this morning as we start. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Genesis 1, 1 tells us in the beginning, God, and that God created the heavens and the earth. Anybody believe that today? Okay, just checking. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. In 2017, the word comprehend most frequently gets associated with the idea of understanding. But the Greek word there means overpower. Darkness could not overpower light. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light. That all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. That verse tells me no person has ever been born an atheist. No one has ever been born an atheist. You become an atheist. Because according to the words of John, every one that comes into the world, the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. And it's this next verse really that I'm ultimately drawing your attention to this morning, or the next two verses. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. 
But as many as received him. Has anybody received him today? To them. To them. To who? Those that receive him. To them gave he power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. Which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word. And the Word. Was made flesh. And dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. He was in the world. The world was made by Him. The world knew Him not. He came unto His own. And His own received Him not. God, I know Your presence is in this place today. I know it first off by faith and the promises of Your Word, but I know it also because I can sense it in this place today. I know that you are already touching hearts and lives in this service this morning, but I also believe you are not done with doing that here today. And I pray now, God, that through your word, your spirit would minister. God, that you would speak to hearts and lives in this place today. I don't want to preach a sermon this morning, God. I want to deliver a message that would come from you. I trust you for your anointing this morning. I trust you for your anointing upon me to speak your word. I also trust you today for an anointing upon the hearer to hear and receive what you would say. In the name of Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I want to read a couple of those verses to you again from the Amplified as well as the New Living Translation just to give you a little bit more flavor of what is being said here. Verse 11. He came to that which belonged to Him. To His own. His domain, creation, things, world. And they who were His own did not receive Him and did not welcome Him. He came to His own. Anybody hear that? He came to His own. He didn't. This wasn't the stranger. This was... His own. He came to His own creation, and His own creation did not recognize Him. But to as many as did receive and welcome Him, He gave the authority, power, privilege, right to become the children of God, that is, to those who believe in, adhere to, trust in, and rely on, on his name, who owe their birth neither to bloods nor to the will of the flesh that of phys- that of physical impulse, nor to the will of man that of a natural father, but to God they are born of God. The New Living Translation, verse eleven: He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed Him and accepted Him, He gave the right to become the children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. 
I said it again to a couple of people Friday afternoon. It drives me crazy that you can fill this sanctuary up for a funeral, but you can't hardly get people in it for church. The funeral Friday afternoon, or Friday morning, excuse me, for Taylor, Terry, sorry. This building was fairly full. I'm not a great estimator of crowds, but I would say there was at least 350 here Friday. I would also say that out of that 350, easily two-thirds, if not three-fourths, of that crowd Friday had never been in this building before. I believed going into the funeral that God had given me a message, a word. I try not to ever preach without preaching what I feel like God gave me. I don't just brainstorm what's a good message to preach. I try to get direction from God, and I felt like I had a message from the Lord, and I had others afterwards share that felt that was confirmate. They confirmed what I felt. And I sat frustrated as broken people. That's not a criticism, that's an observation. As wounded and hurting people sat in this sanctuary where we have felt the presence and the power of God this morning and yet did not receive. Well, it's a funeral, Brother Wright, so is God not present in a funeral? Can, not, can God work? Is God limited to where He can work? But then I got to realizing that even his very own did not recognize him. His very own, not strangers, not enemies, but his very own, he came to them and did not recognize them. I, 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 the thing that, that comes to mind is sort of an, uh, of an analogy or, or a very practical, very, very simple example of this is, is that, that, that show called Undercover Boss. Where the owner or the founder of the company comes on as a, as some kind of an employee and, and takes on a role in the job and people don't realize this is the CEO. This is the boss. This is the guy that runs all of this. He came unto his own and his own did not receive him. They did not recognize him. They didn't acknowledge who he was. And in fact, there were many that opposed him for who he said he was. Part of what I've come to challenge you, communicate, hopefully ultimately encourage you with today, is even though the world may not seem to recognize Him, even though the world may not take time to acknowledge Him, the bottom line is we really should not be too disturbed by that when John says His very own did not even recognize who He was. Romans chapter 3 and verse number 1 says this, 
What advantage then hath the Jew, or what profit is there of circumcision? Much every way, chiefly because that unto them were committed the oracles of God. For what if some did not believe? Believe. What if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief Make the faith of God without effect. What if there are those that do not believe? What if there are those that go beyond simply just not believing, but they take a stand denying Him? Does their lack of faith or does their opposition of Him make His word of none effect? God forbid. Yea, let God be true, but every man a liar, as it is written that thou mightest be justified in the, in thy sayings and mightest overcome when thou art judged. If there are those that do not believe, does their unbelief discount his word? God forbid. But let God be true and every man a liar. The Amplified says it like this, Then what advantage remains to the Jew? How is he favored? Or what is the value or benefit of circumcision? Much in every way, to begin with, to the Jews were entrusted the oracles, the brief communications, the intentions, the utterances of God. What if some did not believe and were without faith? Does their lack of faith and their faithlessness nullify and make ineffective and void the faithfulness of God and His fidelity to His Word? By no means. By no means. Let God be found true, though every man being, every human being is false and a liar, as it is written, that you may be justified and shown to be upright in what you say and prevail when you are judged by sinful men. Matthew 24 and 35, heaven and earth shall pass away. Heaven and earth shall pass away. Heaven and earth shall pass away. I, I'm not here to stir up any, any strife or contention and get into hot topics here this morning. I, I, I don't, wherever you stand on the side of global warming and all of your opinions on that, where I stand is my business, but I find it very interesting that man keeps being concerned that earth can't last forever and what we're doing is destroying it. You might as well accept the fact that is exactly what is going to happen. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not. 
pass away. Do I have any believers this morning that you're not worried about earth passing away and you're not worried about the fact your great grandkids might not be able to live here because the word of God is going to remain forever. And the good news is while earth is going to pass away, we also know as crazy as it may sound to a human intellectual mind, there's going to be a new heaven and there's going to be a new earth and there's going to be a lot of difference then compared to now. There won't be any more sorrow there. There won't be any more heartache there. There won't be any more sickness there. There won't be any more dying there. There won't be any more problems there. There won't be any more families torn apart there. There's not going to be any of those things. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see if you have hope in this life only if you have hope in this life only you are of all men most miserable but I believe I preach to some people today that while you're doing your best to enjoy this life you've also made up your mind I'm not laying up my treasures in this life because in this life moth and rust can decay but I'm laying up my treasures somewhere else that there's going to be an eternal reward for it Y'all don't make me feel like I was in that funeral again. Uh, when you don't, when you're preaching to non-apostolics, you don't expect an apostolic response. But when you preach to apostolics, you expect. Heaven and earth shall, shall. Jesus and his disciples were walking into, I believe it was Caesarea Philippi, if I remember correctly. And Jesus stops and he says to the disciples, Whom do men say that I am? He was, he was first off establishing that they had heard the rumors. The first thing he was establishing was they were aware at what people were saying. And they knew what people were saying. Some say you're John the Baptist. Some say Elias. Some say Jeremiah is one of the prophets. And then he responds with the second question. Now that we know, you know what they say. What I want to know is, who do you say that I am? And Peter responds with confidence and boldly declares, Thou art the Christ. Peter did not respond and say, Well, I know what they say, and based on what you say and what I've heard and seen, I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure that you're the, I, I, I'm, I'm starting to really believe. No, Peter said, you 
are the Christ. I wonder if I preach to anybody this morning that you know what they say. You've read online what they say. You've seen on Facebook what they say. You've read in the paper what they say. You've heard from professors what they say. You've heard from politicians what they say. But you can respond and say that I know that you are the Christ. You are the Son of the living God. Let them say what they want to say. Let them say whatever they're going to say. You've come too late to tell me. Because I already have tasted and I have seen that the Lord is good. I find myself too many times frustrated and discouraged by people that come and even sit in a service where the presence of God is moving and nothing ever happens in their life. And I I say, God, how can that be? And then I read John 1 and he, he came to his very own. His very own. What's interesting enough is his very own had been looking for him and expecting him to come. They were actually believing he was going to come, and yet when he showed up, they didn't receive him. But, uh, but, to as many as received him. There's a bunch that rejected. There's a bunch that did not believe. But for those that did believe, that received him to them. Uh, uh, take this in the proper context because our mission is to reach the lost. So that being said, forget about those that are rejecting him. To them that received him. To them. To them. To them gave he power to become. Son of God. To them. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I, I, I'm, I'm going I'm to be vague with it. I'm not going to call names, but there's a bunch of you who will know exactly. I mean, it's, it's uh, I don't know about you, but in my opinion, social media is public. If you post something, particularly on Facebook, it's public. That's not a private communication, that's public. There are, I've seen several times now, some, it, it deeply saddens me, some that used to be a part here that are boldly, blatantly professing that they don't believe in God anymore. And arguing against the existence of Him. Questioning and doubting Him. I feel so sorry for them. I am deeply burdened for them. But I don't know about you. I've made up my mind. You may fall into the category of those he came to and you did not receive him. But as for me, I'm going to believe and I'm going to receive the power to become.
Hebrews 4, verse 1. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into His rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Here is the problem. When things don't work or go the way we expect, our first reaction most of the time is to question, criticize God, question His Word. Question His existence. Question whether or not He's real. And yet we fail to look at what the solution really is. The solution, the answer is not whether or not God exists. The answer is not whether or not God is real. The the question is not whether or not God has the power and the ability. The issue is on our side. We should fear, we should be concerned, lest the promise that is left to us, we don't enter in or we come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. (laughs) Unto us was the gospel preached as well as it was to them. Same gospel. (laughs) Same gospel. Same gospel. Same gospel. I wish I had a preaching church this morning. Same gospel. We don't have a better gospel. We don't have a newly improved gospel. The same gospel preached to them is the same gospel preached to us. But it did not profit them. Was there a problem with the gospel? No, they did not mix it with faith. They heard it, but they did not mix it. I have used this analogy numerous times preaching, and today I will demonstrate. For all of you non-coffee drinkers, my apologies. And especially with what I'm about to say next, because you're really... I'm glad Bishop's not here this morning, because I'd have real trouble with my analogy. This cup of coffee represents you and me. There we are. That's you and me. That's the coffee. I... I just got what I could get. I'm not. This is, this is anything but an endorsement. It's all I could find in the fridge here at the church. God bless you if you use this. In, I need all of you, I need all of you to get your, get your, get your, all your coffee, whatever's, you true coffee lovers. I need you to put all that work with me for a moment, okay? Especially all of you that drink it black, okay? I need, I need you just to work with me a little bit. For those of us that don't drink it black, work with us for a moment. 
I, I drink coffee at home. I drink Folgers. I like classic Folgers. That's what I like. I, I don't consider myself a true coffee drinker because I don't drink it anywhere else. I don't want it anywhere else. Part of the reason I don't drink it in public is because when you sit at a table and they've got sugar packets, by the time I get done making mine, it's a little bit embarrassing, the pile of sugar. Yes, I do like a little bit of coffee with my sugar. I am that person. Thank you very much. That's settled. Your comments don't bother me. Drink it how you drink it. I'll drink it the way I drink it. It's a free country. I don't like Starbucks. I don't want their Dark Roast, Pikes Peak, whatever else. And I don't like all that other flavored stuff. Pikes Peak, Pikes Roast, whatever it is. And I don't want no ceremony coffee. And I, I don't want City Dock. And I don't want Dunkin'. I don't even want McDonald's. I don't want any of it. I am apparently addicted to caffeine or sugar because if I don't drink it, I get a headache. And so rather than detoxing, if I'm out of town, I just drink a bottle of Coke in the morning and I get my caffeine and sugar intake and I'm good. <laughs> I am not standing here today to be the model of health to this congregation. <laughs> follow me as I follow Christ and the areas in which I'm struggling, don't follow me. So from my standpoint as a coffee drinker, I need a little bit of mixture. I have the potential, and I don't like I don't like this stuff. I don't this right coffee made. I do not I do not use it. If that's all there is, I'm not drinking. But for the sake of analogy, my inspiration came a little too late for me to get all the proper ingredients that I like. I have the potential of an of influencing coffee. Now, if I decide to pick up this, I couldn't find a clear cup, so I have a glass. It's really weird, the idea of possibly drinking coffee out of a glass. I'm just saying. If I were to have, of course, if it was me, there would also be a sugar here, but sugar doesn't quite have the impact that I am trying to demonstrate, so... If I were to sit with the coffee cream there and my cup of coffee here and take a sip and, and realize this has not changed the flavor of my coffee, what would you think about me in this condition if I went around bashing coffee, mate? What right do I have to criticize coffee, mate, if it stays in the bottle while I drink my coffee? They had a promise. They had a word. They had an opportunity to enter into his rest. But they did not receive the benefit of it because it was not mixed. If there's going to be impact, there's got to be mixture. If there's going to be a change that comes from the potential, you've got to mix it together. I'm not talking to the guests or the new people right now. I'm talking about y'all that come all the time. The, some, some, the reason a bunch of you never get what you need because you come in like a black cup of coffee and the creamer is here. But there is never a mixture that takes place.
But if you don't mix it, don't criticize the word. Don't criticize the God. Don't criticize the spirit. The promise is no good if you don't mix it. Well, I showed up. I didn't. No, no, no. No, no, no. No. There's got to be some action. There's got to be a step of faith. Not saying exactly that, that what that step is varies from time to time and individual to individual. Sometimes that may be a very quiet, controlled step where there is just a very almost even unrecognizable reaching out of faith. You, you, you may be in one of those situations where all you really can get out in the condition you're in is, is just the whisper of a Jesus. I need you. But in the expression of Jesus, I need you. I'm, I'm also saying I believe you, that you can reach me where I am. But then sometimes there's got to be a little more action. There's got to be a little more demonstration. I know there's a bunch of you. You like that calm, collected thing. But sometimes you got to get outside of your normal routine and situation and demonstrate. I'm going to give you something to work with. Many of you know the name Samson and the story of Samson in the Bible, whom God had given supernatural ability to to fight some battles. And yet read the story of Samson and find out what happened when he fought his battles. The Bible says that he shook himself. Too many times we come to church with the attitude, God, if you'll shake me, I'll shake You shake me, God, I'll shake. And we come and we go unshook. Because God don't shake. But Samson realized there's a problem. There's a need. I don't know really what it looked like. The Bible doesn't describe it. So you just let me use my imagination. You imagine it your way. But I just kind of imagine... I bet you there were some people around him going, what is wrong with him? He's lost his mind. Is he? Somebody needs to take him to the mental hospital. What in the world? But next thing you know, he's picking up the jawbone of a donkey because he's mixed faith with God's power and ability. And next thing you know, there's some pretty miraculous things that take place. Why? Because there was a mixture. You know what's am- you know what's amazing? Do you know do you know how much of of of, of the, the element you need to mix you have to have? Anybody know? Ah, I hear it. A mustard seed 
of faith. You don't have to have a mountain of faith to move a mountain. Your faith does not have to be proportionate to the size of the problem. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to the mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God first of all must believe that he is. Maybe I'm the only one here that does it. If I'm the only one here, then you pray for me that I will catch up with you. But I get frustrated, getting discouraged, watching people that don't get something from God. People that come and go untouched and unchanged. And, and, and there have been times, and all honesty, there have been times that I found myself kind of questioning God some. God, if you really are who you say you are, if you really can do what you say you can do, how is it that people can walk into your presence and be completely untouched and unchanged, leave as if they never recognized at all that you were there? Because first of all, you've got to believe that He is. Hebrews 11 and 6. You've got to believe that He is. You got to mix who he is with some faith. And you must believe not only that he is, but he also is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I would venture to say the majority of people in this room today do not have a problem with the first part that you really do believe he is. But what you all, you don't always do is believe that he is a rewarder. He will respond to those who seek after him. Light shine in darkness. They were, they were with in the presence of the light, and yet did not see the light. But, 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 as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that do what? Believe. Believe. The issue today is not really whether or not God is. The question today is not whether God is. I'm sorry, but God is. <laughs> he was, He is, and He will be. But just because He's God doesn't mean He's your God. And just because he's got the power and ability doesn't mean it's manifested in your life. But the encouraging thing is 
the determining factor of whether or not he is exercising my life as God is not based on my worthiness. It's not based on my righteousness. It's not based on my abilities. It's not based on where I come from. It's not based on an education. It's not based on the finances that I have. It's not based on what part of society I come from. It's not based on any of those things. It's simply based on do I believe. Because he was manifested as the light to those who believe. This is one of those rare days. I almost was ready to have a little shout at the beginning of church. A little little praise break. My wife read the scripture this morning. Because she read the Old Testament and pointed out, and we did not talk, we do not talk. I don't tell anybody what I'm preaching. And she focused on a word that you will see in First Peter chapter 2, verse 6. Wherefore it is, wherefore also. It is contained in the scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a what? Chief corner stone. Cornerstone. And I got to tell you, there's a lot of things in the Bible that could have been quoted, that could have been in my notes that she could have quoted. You'd be like, yeah, all right, whatever. I mean, if she'd have got up with John 3.16 and I'd have got up with John, you're like, yeah, all right. But I mean, come on, this this. Who, who, whoever hears cornerstone focused on? He, or behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious. And he that does what? Believeth. He that has faith on him shall not be confounded. He's become the chief cornerstone. Unto you therefore which unto you therefore which he is Would it be okay if I then said unto you therefore which do not believe, he is not precious. Somebody, I I know that I'm sorry I'm not wowing you with the depth of spiritual knowledge that I have this morning and you are not sitting there awed by the amazing revelation that you have never heard here today. But in the simplicity of it, somebody needs to hear today. Because some of you, I believe there's some of you in this room that find yourself oftentimes battling because of what family members say, because of what peers say, because of what co-workers say, because of what kids at school say. And you need to understand today, He is precious to those that believe. And He is not precious to those that don't believe. 
I hear someone use his name in vain that they don't even think twice about it. That something bad happens, they mess up, they do something wrong, and they use his name in vain. And I got to tell you, as many times as I've heard that and as old as I am, there's still something inside of me that just kind of cringes. There's something inside of me that just kind of takes a little bit of a blow because he may not be precious to you, but he has become precious to me. You may only know that name as a byword, but let me just tell you kind of how I know that name. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name. Oh, my master, my savior, Jesus, like the fragrance after the rain. Jesus, 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 let all heaven and earth proclaim kings and kingdoms shall all pass away but there's something I can't explain it but what I know is there's something I use that same word a lot of times but when I use it it's Jesus Jesus because to me you have become precious Jesus is the sweetest name you'd think after Friday I'd learn to try not to sing but I can't learn and he's just the same as his lovely name that's the reason why I love him so Because Jesus is the sweetest. Oh, is there anybody today that you can join me and say, Jesus is the sweetest name that I know. Unto you, therefore, which believe. Unto you, which believe. Not unto you that are religious. Not unto you that are intellectual. Not unto you that have accomplished a bunch of great things. Not unto you. No, no. Simply unto you which believe he is precious. But unto them which be disobedient the corner, the stone, which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense even to them which stumble at the word being disobedient whereunto also they were appointed as cornerstone was a stone placed at the corner or the intersecting angle where two walls of a building come together. In biblical times buildings were often made of cut squared stone by uniting two intersecting walls a cornerstone helped align the whole building and tie it together. Everything was set 
by the cornerstone. I don't know what this is to you today. I don't know what this means to you today. But this is not a book in my library. This is not a piece of literature that I possess. This is not the textbook by which I give my lectures three times a week. This is not just a good book. But everything, no, I don't do it right all the time. I promise you I mess up a lot. But to the best of my ability, everything in my life gets its bearing. Everything in my life is based off what is established because He's a rock of stumbling to some. He's a rock of offense to others. But to me, He is the chief cornerstone. And He has become precious. I don't know if He's precious to you tonight, today or not. I don't know how dear He is to you today or not. But what I've made up my mind is, no matter how dear or precious He may or may not be to you, to me... To me, he has become so precious. The chief cornerstone. You see, the there's a lot of people that they're okay with him being one of the one of the bricks in the wall. I'll let you be one of the bricks in the wall. But you are not what I set everything else off of. You are not the center point. You are you are not the place at which everything else revolves around. I I want you in my life. I want you to be a part you see, oh, most of us want Jesus to be more like sugar than cream. If I had another black cup of coffee here and I had a bowl of sugar, I could dip and stir and dip and stir and dip and stir and dip and stir and the sugar would dissolve into the coffee. It would affect the taste, but it would not change how it looked. It would, it would bring some flavor to it, but it would not transform it. Yeah, I preached to some people this morning, you want to dab a little bit of sugar of Jesus every now and then and just change the flavor of your life a little bit. But I've come to tell you today, he's not trying to be sugar in your life, he's trying to be cream. Because he wants there to be a transformation. There may be a little dab of sugar will do you. But you need enough of Jesus that's going to bring about a change. But oh, what a change in my life. It's an old song. I don't want to sing it. So don't. These guys on the keyboard are. Do such a great job. You mention a song, next thing you know, they're trying to get it for you. So, the song that says, Just 
to walk with Him means everything to me. Just to know He's there. His hand is leading me. Though the world, though the world, though all the cars on the highway may pass me by, go their way. Let me be. Because just to walk with Him, just to walk with Him, There may be a lot of cadets walking the halls by themselves. But there's at least one that walks a little different than the rest. Because don't forget, Josh, he said, I'll never leave you. And I'll never forsake you. And I'll always be there. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. There are billions of people who do not know the wonderful counselor, the mighty God. The everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. But just because billions may not know it, unto us who believe, He is the wonderful Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father and the Prince. Of peace. Who have you heard people say that Jesus is? What is the world saying about him? But most importantly, who do you say? Has he shown up to you? As one of His, and you didn't even know Him or recognize Him. But are you one of those that has believed and has now received the power to become? I'm thankful today that He is not a rock of stumbling to me. He is not a rock of offense, but He's my chief cornerstone. And unto me, He is precious. Just stand, please.
I find throughout Scripture, both in the Old Testament and in the New, examples of great men and women of God who from time to time went through a test of their faith. And many of them at times questioned and doubted if those men and women that accomplished such great things in the Bible went through times of questions and doubt, who are you and I to think? I will live with confidence and faith all the time and never waver. The problem is not with your questioning and your doubting. The problem is, what do you do next? And if somehow you can do like the psalmist did in Psalm 73, my steps had almost slipped. But when I got in your presence, when I got in your presence, I wasn't slipping anymore but I got my footing back, everything settled out, and I got all right. So I want to give a mass, mass in the context of the crowd here today, not just to one or two, not just to a select group, but I want to give an appeal to everybody this morning that would be willing to make your way down to this altar and ask the Lord today to help you have the grace to release the faith to mix with His Word that to you He might be precious. That no matter what anybody else says or does or thinks, no matter how much anybody else attacks Him or criticizes my faith I will have mixed his word with faith and to me he will become and remain precious if you have a desire today I realize a bunch of you here he's already precious to you I'm not implying that he's not I do believe there's probably some folks here today that he really has yet to become precious to you that this would be a great day for Him to become precious to you. So wherever you are on the spectrum this morning, I'm inviting you, whether it's a first-time experience or a recommitment, I don't want you to be a stone of stumbling. I don't want you to be a rock of offense in my life. But I want you as the chief cornerstone. I don't want to be one of those that you show up to and I don't even recognize or know who you are. I don't want to be one of those that you come and reveal yourself to, but I completely miss who you are. I want you to be precious. I want you to be precious in my life. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Ikarabo shatarama nolobo satalabahaya. 
in the name of Jesus. While I know some of you need to respond and pray for yourself, I also need some of you to be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Ghost right now. I need some of you to be responsive to the direction of the Holy Ghost this morning. I believe there are people in this place right now that God is wanting to become precious to them. God is wanting to become precious to them. I don't want to be one of those that missed the time of my visitation. I don't want to be one of those that he came to, but I didn't even recognize him. I don't want to be one of those he showed up to, but I missed who he was. I want to believe. I want to respond in faith to who he is and what he is. To the end, it will always be, it's always been Somebody make that your prayer today. Jesus, Jesus, be the center. I don't want you just as some part of my life. I don't want you to just be some element of my life. But I want you to be the center of it all. Everything revolves around. I don't want you to orbit around me. I don't want you to orbit around my life. But I want my life to revolve around you. Nothing in this world Jesus. Jesus. 